welcome to the Brain Food Show. This is episode number mystery something because we are still going through that pres- uh, that that transformation from what was a kind of variety show once a week to having two separate shows: the practical knowledge section and the fun fact section. This is the practical knowledge section, and in this one, we are having a guest on the show, someone who I have followed on the internet since really back in the day in kind of terms of the internet when i first got started uh, i would for those of you who don't know i was doing audio a long time before i was doing youtube and video and all of those things and uh, mike russell from music radio creative was a guy who i'm fairly sure i just i'm pretty sure i discovered by going onto youtube and punching something in like because i was using adobe audition which is the adobe suite's big video editing platform i was using this and i had no idea how to use it and so i probably like searched on that how to make my voice sound better in Adobe, Adobe Audition and, and since then I've been subscribed to Mike's channel I've followed kind of everything he's been doing online and I met him at, at VidCon Amsterdam and basically thought it would be great to have him on this show to talk a bit about audio and video and YouTube and podcasting and all of that great stuff um, this intro was way too long Mike uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us and welcome to the show well thank you Simon thank you Devon it's uh, it's really good to be on the show I, I love what you're doing on the YouTube channel uh, excited to be on the podcast it was great to meet uh, you too at VidCon in Amsterdam and you just name check my uh, my top ranking video, the one with the most views. I think it's got nearly 1.5 million views now. How to make your voice sound better? <laughs> is that is that really the one? Yeah, I was that's just kind the of one. naming something random. But, uh, yeah, maybe that's it. Does kind of, it, it is that kind of search string of words that you would punch into to Google or to YouTube to find yeah. out about that stuff, right? So yeah, nicely targeted. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so VidCon Amsterdam. I, I loved your talk. I, I, we met a couple of times, or uh, met once, and. Uh, I saw your 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 talk about um, kind of podcasting for YouTubers at VidCon. For those who don't know, it's the uh, big YouTube conference that goes on every year in uh, in Los Angeles and then in Amsterdam, and apparently Australia and Canada more recently. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it was great to meet. I loved your talk about uh, podcasting for YouTubers, particularly relevant to us as YouTubers who are starting a podcast. So uh, yeah, it's all yes. very meta today. But uh, I just want to say I really loved it and appreciated it. And then you also, I know it wasn't your panel about you know the roundtable about podcasting. Yeah. But but kind of as soon as you were in the room, it was like, oh, well, Mike's kind of our moderator now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I was excited to see how how seriously uh, VidCon uh, are taking podcasting. Obviously, um, you know, Hank Green and the team there uh, have, I, I think they've even uh, created a podcasting conference that occurred. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Davin, yeah, was, was it close to you? Yeah, I was right over in Seattle. Uh, I actually went to it. Um, oh, it was, cool. Yeah, it was good. I think they're still working out some kinks on it. You know, it was the first one, but... But um, it was it was good. Excellent. It was still a giant affair, right? Yeah, like, there was a lot of people I there. That, um, I don't I don't know the exact number, but it was it was I would say at least five times as many as VidCon Amsterdam. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you been, Mike? Uh, no, VidCon Amsterdam was my first uh, sort of VidCon uh, event. So, uh, yeah, I was really excited to be there and, and to be speaking there. And I, I thought they did a great show in Amsterdam. It's amazing. From what I hear, it's it's a lot smaller scale than uh, the one that happens in Los Angeles. Um, but just to see creators getting excited, you know, this side of the pond, because I, I really think we need more events like that, you know, with exciting people. And there were lots of people traveling over from the US and other parts of Europe. So, yeah, really good sort of introduction to that world for me. Yeah, we had a great time. Apparently, uh, we, we 
had such a good time at the one in Amsterdam, which was also our first one. Um, oh, sorry, my first one. David had been to PodCon last mm-hmm. year, but we were like, okay, we'll go to we'll go to LA in June. That sounds like fun. So <laughs> yeah, we're we're booked in for that as well. Apparently, am I thinking, David? Am I right in thinking it's fifty thousand people go to the one in LA? And I think I don't know. Yeah. Do you know how many people were at the uh, at the Amsterdam one? Yeah, I don't know. The Amsterdam one was uh, maybe. What do you think? Like a thousand, fifteen hundred people, maybe. And then yeah, the um, the LA one I've I've heard is like fifty thousand people or so. Yeah. I would say I think the big difference is they have the creator track at the one in LA, which uh, tra- attracts mm-hmm. like a, a ton of teenage fans of people like uh, Logan Paul and PewDiePie and such to uh, to attend, which makes it a pretty vast thing. Yeah, I, I really like the industry focus of the one in, in Amsterdam, kind of more focused on creators rather than on fans, which, uh, you know, is more yeah. useful, I suppose. Audio, it's a big, it's a big complicated field. I'm kind of wondering, like, how did you get into the space originally? What, what kind of brought you to that world that's a good question so um i started as young as i can remember i can go i can go right the way back before i actually started working in the audio industry when i was in single figures in age and i used to listen to a radio station called capital fm in london oh yeah i know capital (laughs) fm it's nice having another british person on the show there you go you see and uh but it had a wonderful american voiceover his name was brian james the late brian james and um the way they produced his voice and they pitch shifted it and did all these crazy things and had the singing jingles as well I, that's when I fell in love with audio and jingles and thought, I want to make things that sound like that. Um, so I got into radio uh, at a young age. I started off, again, this is a very UK-centric thing. I don't think it exists anywhere else in the world. Hospital radio uh, certainly doesn't exist in the US as far as I'm aware. This is a radio station based inside a hospital that broadcasts to the wards. And as a part of your job, you, you go around the wards and you collect requests from people uh, in various different wards. We actually, uh, Hospital Radio Tembridge Wells broadcast to three hospitals. Uh, in Kent, which was, uh, was a big deal, I loved it, and I volunteered there um, from my teen years, from since I was about thirteen. Uh, then I worked my way up into local radio. That's when I um, I got the opportunity to work with some of my uh, my mentors, uh, who really uh, taught me how to make audio sound good, the tricks of the trade, uh, stuff that now, as you mentioned, Simon, you can learn easily on YouTube just by typing something in, and a virtual mentor pops up. Although I, I think you kind of have to be a bit careful with that because you never know the quality of the advice you're getting on YouTube. You just type in how to do this and then you get a load of videos with nice thumbnails and you think, which one do I click and which one has the right information? So, um, yeah, it's um, and and then I, yeah, worked my way up uh, from there um, and I guess now Music Radio Creative, it's been around since 2005, but really it's it's sort of uh, become our full-time income since about 2011, 2012. That's when my wife is also my business partner and Mm -hmm. we made a, a few big leaps back in 2011, 2012, we, we decided to uh, leave the mainland UK and uh, hop over to the Isle of Wight, uh, which for those people outside of the UK, it's a little island just off the south coast of England, uh, about an hour by ferry. Uh, we do have good internet, though. So that's, that's the main thing. It helps us to uh, to do all these fun things like podcasts and live streams. So yeah, we haven't looked back since. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's it's fun. You're not just from the UK. You're from the same part of the UK as me. Uh, I grew up around Tunbridge Wells. So, really? Uh, yeah, that part of Kent. So. <laughs> Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so you know you the Millennium Clock? The Millennium Clock? No. Really? 
<laughs> What's the Millennium Clock? So it's, it's been a while since you've been in, in Tunbridge Wells, or... Well, I, I wasn't. I, I grew up near, uh, between, in a village called Headcorn, which is between Maidstone yes. and Ashford. So Tunbridge Wells is about a 40-minute drive. Yes, but, I know, know Headcorn. Globally, we're neighbours. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed, definitely. Well, I used to, um, uh, one of my uh, earlier shows was on the local radio station there uh, called CTR. Huh. Eventually, it renamed to KMFM, uh, taken over by the Kent Messenger. So KMFM, I know KMFM. There you go. <laughs> It's a, oh, it's a small world. So your kind of business today, uh, music radio creative, and you have your YouTube channel as well, which mm. uh, people should absolutely check out. If you're doing anything in audio, just punch in Mike Russell, uh, two S's, two L's into into YouTube. And you're, I, I checked because I was like, I just want to make sure that like someone else doesn't come up, but you yeah. do come up number one. So there you go, <laughs> punch Mike into YouTube and you'll find him. But also music radio creative, this didn't really know how to sum it up, but it's kind of a place where audio creators can go to sound a whole lot better. You've got, you know, stuff for podcasters, you've got stuff for radio, commercial, the whole run, running the gamut of, of different things. But I realize you're probably a better person to describe exactly what Music Radio Creative does, right? Thank you. <laughs> Being your business and all. <laughs> well, that's a good way to describe it, Simon. I, I like it. How, yeah, a place that people come to make themselves sound better. So that's certainly part of my role and what I'm doing. Uh, what I hope to do more of in the future is um, coaching people either one-on-one or uh, one-to-many in a kind of group-style online setting to make their voice sound better. So um, working with voiceovers, podcasters, producers, but on the uh, the front side of the business, which um, Isabella runs more, uh, working with our, our voice talent, we've got about a, just over 100 voiceovers uh, based in pretty much every corner of the world. We've got audio wow. producers, we've got musicians, we've got singers, and they all work to produce pretty much any piece of audio you could want. That's our, our aim. Uh, for We work with a lot of podcasters uh, like yourselves. Uh, we work with radio stations, radio hosts, DJs, businesses who need like a commercial. Um, I think you mentioned to me earlier that uh, you did those on hold messages, press one for, press two for, and all of that. Yeah, so. this was like back in the day when I was first starting getting into audio, be like, press one for sales, press two for accounts, this kind of stuff. Yeah. You've got the voice for it. So. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's where I began. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was uh, a nice thing to do. Like I started as a student, you know, um, I think yeah. I began, I think I've told this story before on this pod- podcast, but just like Googling, how do I make money with my voice? So uh, with Music Radio Creative and your channel and stuff, what I, I just want to say, like what I really like about what you do and, you know, you provide, you provide all of this, this stuff, but, you know, you really lead with the free content. You mentioned there, mm. like the, the virtual mentor. And I feel like you've really been that to me over the years, like when I want to learn something in audition and, and, and do all of that. And when I was doing this, you know, and you'd look for like a jingle for a podcast, we don't have one for this, but, uh, you know, stuff I've done in the past or whatever, and you'd kind of go on to Google and it'll be like, hey, you know, here's um, here's what we do, here's a sample, buy our stuff. I really like your way of kind of leading with, I mean, you've got thousands. Is, is it in the thousands? It feels like it must be of like different free tutorials and resources and, and all of this stuff for people just to use for free. And I, I really feel like that's a really nice way of doing business. What kind of led you to, to go down that model instead of the, here's my website? Here's a sample. Buy my stuff. Like what? Because it, it seems like a lot of work. That's a good question. So um, yeah, I think it's heading up on now nearly 700 videos on YouTube. Um, yeah. About a thousand, a thousand plus uh, blog posts. Obviously, the podcasts um, that would probably be heading towards 500 episodes. We've uh, podcasted in seasons, so sometimes we're on and we're podcasting, and sometimes we're not. So that's all worked very well. And I guess the answer to that is that I'm a content 
creator at heart. I mean, as mm. as I explained earlier, I started in radio, uh, obviously working in the in the back production rooms and, and learning from my mentors there. But also, I, I think one of my big burning goals, certainly when I was much younger, was to be on the air. So to have a radio show, and you know, I managed to achieve that. I got on the air, obviously, as you know, in Kent. Uh, I've yeah. been on the air in Manchester. I've been on the air in London. I even worked for a national digital audio station from uh, the well, the Capital Radio Group, as it was then. Now it's Global mm-hmm. Radio. They had a station called Capital Life. So uh, I broadcast a national show there. So I really enjoy uh, broadcasting. So it's kind of a natural extension of, I, I guess, uh, what I'm interested in. I'm not just interested in kind of sitting behind a mic and recording voiceovers and setting up setting up a website and, and hoping people will buy it. I'm I'm interested in in broadcasting. That's why not only do I do the podcast, the the live videos, the recorded videos as well, but I I just mentioned live videos. But I'm really interested in in live streaming and and real time stuff. I, I think it's fantastic. It seems to be the way it's going recently, and yeah, I, I I love it. It's just it's a passion. So that's that's why I do it. Did you see the uh, did you did you make it to the talk by uh, Matt and Stephanie Patrick, the game theorists, about their their live streaming stuff at uh, at VidCon? No, no, tell me about that. This was wild. Like these guys, they're they're now the biggest live streamers on the platform. So the biggest live streamers on YouTube. They're kind of doing wow. these daily shows, and you know I, I'm subscribed to you, and I see your little pop ups when uh, or YouTube's little pop ups when when you do a live stream, hmm. and just these guys were like, you know, this blew up our our channel, and I think one of the you know just how convinced they were about this being a major step forward you'd have liked this talk i i I, you must have got the notes i I definitely recommend giving it a read and these guys just with david and i've talked on the podcast before just about how deep into every different analytic and all of this stuff that that they are into and they also Mm. consult so they have like a you know it's not just their uh their feeling it's you know for all of their clients and stuff and they were just you know live streaming's the way to go what what do you what do you live stream about because you know for for their stuff it's kind of like they're playing games they're talking yep. about different things it's kind of much more of a free form format but yours is you know educational content so what what do you kind of live stream about and how do you structure uh, an educational video it is yeah so as you mentioned um it's interesting because i've had a couple of different formats for my live stream and i'm thinking of changing it up again but recently up until um for the last three or four months I have been doing very short form live streams um, and they last between 8 and 15 minutes and I will try and focus on answering one one issue, one problem or question about audio. Uh, often it will be either something I think up or something that's sent in by uh, someone who watches and I will focus on just explaining how to get that done in that very short amount of time. I kind of I do those live streams with a view to them being watchable by the replay audience as well so I'm very conscious of just getting straight into the content. At the moment, I'm not name-checking people who are coming in. I'm just doing it uh, and then getting out so that anyone watching on the replay, that could almost be a pre-recorded video. Um, although saying that, in the past, virtually the whole of the second half of 2017, I did a live one-hour stream every single day apart from the weekend so every single weekday I was on for an hour and that was longer form and that would be me from start to finish um, creating something uh, either in Adobe Audition or occasionally Logic Pro and (laughs) I'm thinking of bringing something like that back because um, since I stopped that and have gone to these short forms I'm sure there is an audience and there's definitely a replay audience I can see in the the analytics Um, but I, I often get emails and questions saying please bring something like that back 
because we miss it. And um, and I, I think the reason for that is that people could actually follow along with me, you know, uh, in real time and learn a lot more because I wasn't just doing one thing really quickly, but I was thinking about things. I was pausing. It was, you know, it was it was not polished and, you know, quick and to the point it was like, this is what it's like to sit in a studio with somebody actually creating something. And I, I guess it's closer to what I experienced when I was learning. Uh, you know, it wasn't a tight, polished, you know, five minute video showing me how to do something. It was yeah. an hour, two hours, three hours sitting with someone, um, you know, working through how to make things sound good. And, you know, it didn't always work out. So, and that's that's what I was really excited about doing the, the, the long form live streams is that I would often mess up or there'd be problems or technical issues and I'd have to get around it but that's that's part of it isn't it as you know even recording a podcast things can go wrong <laughs> yeah I think with that kind of we we did a uh, behind the scenes uh, video for today I found out and it was a bit more edited but it was kind of a long form look at all the different things that go into making a video and people really liked it they were like this is fascinating to see how every little thing works not just like oh yeah we come up with idea and we make a video boom done it's kind of that whole long form look into the back end was uh, something people really like and it reminds me of we did a video and mike you're probably not familiar with him because i wasn't at all it's a very american thing but bob ross uh, i don't know if you know him he's a, he's a painter who had like a, a tv show where he'd sit down and paint a painting and tell me if i'm wrong david here because you will know better as an yeah. american he would paint a painting and then people could follow along at home if they wanted to right mm-hmm. yeah so he would he would go a completely blank canvas right at the start and then by the end of this show which is i mean i don't remember how long it was I, maybe a half hour or something he has this just like beautiful painting that's like a really nice landscape or whatever it was just like you know he did different stuff every week but yeah it was amazing and uh, yeah you could just follow along and he'll give tips as he's going like how he's mixing his colors and like these like sort of tips yeah it was great and and wasn't like 90% of people or 95% of people weren't actually painting along with him they were just interested in painting and <laughs> it, how was, it works. I, I never did but yeah I, I totally watched it uh, as a kid it was just it was fascinating because it would it was so amazing because he would make a mistake like like you're saying there he would make a mistake and then he would show you kind of how to fix oh like how and he had his little famous saying which you might seen the meme like there's no like uh there's no mistakes only happy little accidents you know and so then he would just show you how to fix it and it, would, it was just crazy how he would go from this blank canvas and you would see him making little smudges here and there and then all of a sudden it was just yeah. like this beautiful picture somehow like it was, it was it was awesome i think people just found him like relaxing to watch yeah he, he was the way he talked was you know everything so uh there you go mike you could be like the uh the bob ross of the audio world <laughs> yeah. you know, you've got a very relaxing cool. voice as well so yeah. it suits you <laughs> well people people do go for personality don't they definitely so mm-hmm. that's that's the thing is that you know you can look at a space or you can think about setting up maybe a YouTube channel or a podcast about something and you can think well there are already three or four others you know doing this same thing but no one can do it like you can so um just my advice to anyone who who can already see a, a niche or a space being filled, just go for it. Just be your own voice in the space, and uh, people will like you. Some people won't like you, but it's um that's that's the beauty of it, isn't it? One hundred percent. And I think you know this is I'm sure like a dozen tutorials on YouTube about like how to make your voice sound better in audition. But when it's like a tutorial, I see like Mike Russell, I'm like, oh yeah, I like that guy. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll listen to his. And it's also like you you know you mentioned about you on YouTube, you can't really be sure about what's good and what's not. You know, uh, someone could be like how to make your voice sound better in audition They're like just rack this side of the eq thing up and it's yeah. like yeah yeah but there's more to it than that but when i <laughs> listen to you know something from mike i'm like yeah i know it's going to be good because it's mike i trust him he's <laughs> he's got he's got all this expertise that's cool and it is it is about no like and trust isn't it that's um what you were referring to earlier uh you know you can just go to there's uh, i don't know hundreds of different websites where you can you can buy a voiceover or you can you can order audio online um yeah. but it's it's getting to know a little bit of who's behind it and that's the same 
for any business really getting to know who is behind it and that's why podcasting is such a powerful medium because you're usually right inside someone's ear uh, with an earbud and um, they're giving you the time they're getting to know you that's what it's all about I mean I've learned in the podcasting space I've definitely learned from virtual or digital mentors like uh, Pat Flynn and Cliff Ravenscraft uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know either of those but they they, they give away I know both of those guys right. yeah listen to uh, the podcast Answer Man yeah. and uh, Smart Passive Income right yeah that's it and they give away yeah, so much for free consistently and, and that's the key I, I know everyone says it but consistently I mean Pat Flynn has been going since 2008 2009 hasn't he and it, wow. he's not missed a week the same with Cliff and others in the space they've not missed a week or they might have missed a week or they might have done something different but they are consistent and, uh, and building an audience and that's Sometimes it's the hardest thing, isn't it, as a creator to actually keep creating that content and not give up, particularly when it seems like, like you said, you know, waiting uh, for viewers oh, yeah. or people to come in. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's not always easy. And it's not always easy to judge, you know, what your uh, listener or viewer wants as well. So that's where I guess sending out surveys and asking, asking people, well, even that can confuse you because uh, well, I can't remember where I heard it, but even the people who are consuming your content don't even really know what they want. So it's got to be up to you you to kind of figure that out and, and find the sweet spot and keep tweaking, keep testing. I mean, with YouTube now in the analytics, you can you can drill right in and see how many impressions your video is getting. I don't know if you've you've had to play with this yet. And then you can see how many people are actually clicking the thumbnail of your video to watch. I think it's quite quite a recent analytic, that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Well, we haven't dived into it properly yet, but no. we, we, yeah. we will be. That's uh, I mm. first heard about that at, at the uh, VidCon, actually. Right. I don't think it was quite out at VidCon yet, was it? it it's, I think there were some, some people accounts had access and then other people's didn't it just depended on you know the youtube gods we had been graced with that at that time (laughs) (laughs) but i think you should have it now if you you look in your account now and uh it's um it's an eye-opening thing and i know you you really focus on thumbnails don't you do you do quite a bit with that Mm -hmm. yes and we are about to make a rapid change because of uh bringing up uh the game theorists again when we were at vidcon they were like your art department and we have uh my 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 girlfriend who's uh who's a graphic designer making our thumbnails and I'm like they they look really nice but it's like they need to look much worse I think was the the kind of feedback we got from from VidCon is like it doesn't matter if they look pretty they just need to look clickable so get your face on there and I see you've got your face on every one of yours Mike and that was a thing they were like get your face on there get some big text on there get lots of things in the thumbnail I'm like but it doesn't look very great but people (laughs) click them you have to fill it up well I'm I'm currently learning because I I know nothing about graphic design or very very little obviously I use Photoshop because it's in the creative cloud i have access to it i've dabbled with illustrator but it's fantastic and i'll tell you um i don't know if you've seen nick nimmin's channel have you ever watched nick yeah for sure i know nick so his thumbnails i think are absolutely brilliant and i was watching uh through his channel and eventually i came across this 30 minute video he did like a long form this is how i make a thumbnail he's done a few like three minutes but three minutes just isn't enough time to sort of grasp everything so i found there was a 30 minute walkthrough video on his channel and he went from start to finish creating a thumbnail mm. and the the newest latest thumbnails that i'm starting to create 100 percent thanks to that video from nick he was just showing how to layer things up and you know all the tricks like putting blocks behind the text and putting white outlines behind the the people if you put a face on there and stuff to make them pop out 
out and things like that, dropping shadows and things. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and I've been I've been split testing as well. I think you can do that with uh, plugins like TubeBuddy and VidIQ. You can kind of split test uh, which thumbnail is working better. And uh, mm. some of the results are surprising. Like definitely, I've noticed um, an increase in people clicking the videos when I do a really good looking thumbnail, like like the kind of stuff that Nick Nimmin teaches. But with one video, it really shocked me. So I did a really nice looking, beautiful thumbnail. Uh, mm. I think it was Adobe Audition CC tutorial uh, with my face on it. And then I split test it uh, against, uh, I think it was the thumbnail that I was using before. And it was like a zoomed in view of the multi-track of Adobe Audition with absolutely no text, literally just a zoom in of the Adobe Audition multi-track. Split test that. It came out about 70%, 30% in favour of the... the, to the multi-track view, yeah, just the standard one? In favour of the zoom. So I'm, like, I'm sitting wow. here for like, you know, <laughs> sometimes hours creating these thumbnails and I could just... So that one really confused me. <laughs> I think this stuff is, is super confusing. There's a company called Lead Pages which does yeah. this for, for websites and it's always like, look at these create... And they're like, this converts like 10 times better than this one. And you're like, but this one's hideous. And it just doesn't matter. It's just like whatever human psychology is at play and they're like, ooh, that multi-track editor, I'll click that. Yeah. It's like... Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> um, so, Mike, I appreciate all the stuff you've had so far. If I may, I would love to kind of, uh, and I, I, I think this will be useful to people who are who are listening to this interview, and I imagine that's, you know, uh, people who are into podcasting and, and YouTube. I wanted to, like, kind of nerd out for a second mm-hmm. about your gear, and maybe you can tell me what an amateur I am and, and all of that great <laughs> stuff, and, like, tell me what horrible mistakes I've made over the years that people listening shouldn't repeat. Because um, something that always, uh, to kind of start this off, I mean, something that always surprised me, like when I first got into making videos from audio, which was really useful for me, was like how much people care about audio in video. And this kind of thing people said was people will forgive bad video, but they won't forgive bad audio. And I never really quite got why that was. And I, I don't know if you know the answer, but like, why do you, why do you think that is? Because like you think when you're watching a YouTube video, surely primarily this is a, a video medium, but sound seems to be what people really go for. Uh, sound, I, I've heard that multiple times as well it's uh it's super important and i i guess it's it must be something to do with uh the 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 human brain and the way we consume content that when something sounds good you just kind of you have that trust you think that person knows what they're doing and i'm trying to think i guess with the video quality it not being super important i i guess the reason for that is that you can record a 4k video now on your iphone if you want but providing that you you know you get it you know on a tripod I'm trying to think actually it would be it would be really good to split test that wouldn't it to have like a, a shaky wobbly kind of you know uh, not even HD video but make the audio super super good uh, and see how the, <laughs> the viewer retention uh, actually put that to the test I, w- I wonder if it's because your brain is constantly when you're looking at stuff filtering out stuff already like so much of what you're seeing you don't really consciously register but when you're listening it seems like I don't know your your brain's not so good at filtering out sound necessarily quite as good to that extent so maybe it's just like like ear piercing when you have the bad audio versus your brain kind of filtering out you know visual cues mm. could be i mean it's it's a bit of a mystery to me but uh, a continuing mystery it, it seems mm-hmm. uh maybe at some point someone will release a big old scientific paper which explains exactly why this is the case and until then yeah um so if someone starting out on youtube mike or starting out in podcasting you know you, like you say you can shoot 4k video on a camera but if someone's really looking to get get started kind of on the audio side of things is there something you would recommend as like 
like a really base starting point for making your sound sound better because you know let's say you're you know if you're recording a video on your phone it's gonna yeah. it's gonna sound a bit weird or is, is there some sort of thing that you found that that you usually recommend to people to to get started with right away absolutely well you don't need much if it's about audio as opposed to video which where you do need to you know buy expensive cameras and lighting yeah get off your internal microphone on your computer get off the uh like you mentioned your smartphones mic um so let's let's start with the really easiest uh, lowest barrier to entry let's start with smartphones say you want to use your smartphone to podcast mm-hmm. then you want to look at the Rode uh, SmartLab Plus microphone I think it's around um, 50 US dollars at the moment to, yeah, to purchase right. mm-hmm. and you can plug that into the uh, the headphone jack on your phone and record really good quality audio much better than you could get from any internal microphone uh, so that's a really good starting point on your smartphone if you want to get started recording into a computer and doing a kind of physical uh, podcast setup the uh, I would say the lowest barrier to entry there is something like an Audio Technica ATR2100 microphone or I think it's a Samsung I can never remember the uh, the model of it but it's a Samsung uh, it's virtually exactly the same as the ATR2100 just sometimes in Europe it's easier to access it I think it's the CQ2U or Q2UC need to, need I'll to have a look up and pop yeah. it in the in the notes <laughs> for the episode if uh, brilliant um, just just to be sure on that one yeah this is this the Audio Technica one because I, I I looked into this at some point it's it, it's way more expensive in Europe and hard to get than it is in the States it I is remember. is that yes. the one that's the one yeah the it's uh, weird right yeah <laughs> it's like twice the, twice the price <laughs> and it's been rising as well since um, a lot of podcasters have been talking about it and recommending it. It keeps going up and up and up. So I think it's getting more expensive in the US as well. But um, the good thing about it is it's designed uh, with an XLR jack. So if you want to plug in via an audio interface, you can do that. Uh, audio interface for anyone listening right now who's, what's that? Uh, so that's something that goes between a microphone and your computer uh, and allows yeah. you to plug in XLR microphones and bits like that. You know, audio leads on. The ATR2100 also has a USB uh, jack as well, which means you can plug that microphone directly into your computer without the need for an audio interface. That's why it's a good starter point uh, microphone. But if you get anything uh, that's a little more expensive, and I personally would recommend XLR connections over USB, then you are going to need an audio interface or some way like a mixing board uh, to connect into your computer uh, with those audio jacks. XLR lead, it's one of those um, uh, circular ending leads with three prongs inside so you can't plug that straight yeah. into a computer so yeah you definitely need something in between I, I've always wondered you know I, I listened to to Cliff's podcast uh, the podcast answer man for a long time and yeah I, I guess you know it's something that's not often brought up it's I don't really know why what's the what is and I started on a, a road podcaster which is a direct oh, USB yeah. into the computer and now I'm using a, a mixing board like you say I'm, I think it's a, a Behringer 302 USB which uh, is what we're going through right now. What's the what's the reason for for XLR over USB? Because I've I, I mean I don't have the best ears in the world, but I, I always thought they sounded quite quite similar. But I'm sure that's just because I'm not an expert. So it's the argument uh, analog versus digital, basically. So um, and that's not becoming so much of a problem now. But certainly, yeah, I mean back in the day, USB is a lot. It's basically less less quality is is getting through to your computer via USB as opposed to uh, via an XLR lead uh 
microphone that plugs in. I'm not sure of the exact technical spec as to why that is better, but it's it's to do with the analog versus digital. It's the same when you when you process your microphone. So for instance, with an XLR microphone, one of the things you can do, uh, and one of the things that I do with this microphone I'm speaking into right now, I plug it in using an XLR cable uh, to a mic preamp and processor, uh, which again, it um, amplifies your, your audio. If it's a condenser microphone, it gives you uh, phantom power uh, to the mm-hmm. microphone. Uh, you can add on uh, EQ, you can add on compression, you can add on a noise gate, you can do that all uh, inside an analog box before it hits your computer. It's an argument that I, I think you can now do a lot of this cool stuff in in post, particularly in, in software like Audition, where the, the digital algorithms are getting better. Um, but it's that it's the analog digital uh, kind of argument. Oh. And if you're going for XLR, you're kind of keeping that warm analog sound before it hits and records into your computer. Yeah, both David and I are on the uh, Shure SM7B. I can't see it. It's for some reason printed on the underside of the microphone I'm talking into. (laughs) Is that right, David? Is that right, Mike? Which I found just, uh, you know, really lovely. Um, I I recently also bought a, I was just using, you know, regular speakers for a while. I bought a pair of monitors, you know, Mm. the ones that are just designed to deliver that plain sound as it is. And this has been amazing. Just upgrading the mic and the speakers at roughly the same time. Now I'm like, wow, it sounds so nice. (laughs) You can maybe laugh at me for a second mic but tell me what you think there's a a microphone which i had as a backup mic called a behringer ultra voice have you heard of this thing is that a microphone it's a, a microphone it's behringer it's technically it called an behringer? sm a be, sorry behringer i don't i called it the the heel <laughs> or whatever it was before we got started but it turned out to be yeah, the heil um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a behringer is that is that the right pronunciation i think it's behringer isn't it is that the behringer the, okay the, the german company yeah. i'm gonna say german it sounds german it's it, technically it's called an xm8500 and i just randomly bought this on amazon because i needed wow. a, a cheap backup mic it was about 20 pounds i think then it's actually like it's like 12 dollars or something in the u.s or something like that <laughs> they had a multi-pack where you could buy three of them for 30 dollars <laughs> um, wow. this thing i'll have to i'll have to send you a recording mic if you're interested because i think this is the most ridiculously good value microphone that you can literally throw around because it's six uh, twelve dollars to uh, ten dollars to replace or whatever yeah and I think this thing is just extraordinary value, but then maybe, and I did my like last podcast where my road podcaster broke and it for like a hundred episodes and no one ever noticed that I changed. And it's like, wow, it's 10 times cheaper. Yeah. yeah I'm looking it up right now. It's got amazing <laughs> reviews. It's amazing got 401 reviews. Uh, reviews, 4.5 out of five stars. Yeah. It's under 20 British pounds at the moment. Well, and so. for, for perspective here, the first, I don't know, four episodes or so of this podcast, even though I was on the sure, he was still on that mic and it wasn't such a different sound that it was like uh, you know it sound it they mesh together pretty well wow yeah. and you, you say and you can literally throw it around in price <laughs> gosh so it's it's very um uh durable then so you can throw it around it's, it's yeah it's it, wow. i think technically it's a stage mic um so it's dynamic as well which is uh, as i'm sure you, you know mike it's like a lot more durable than a condenser mic um it's very good you know as a dynamic very good at eliminating any any background sounds my office is by a big street so that was helpful yeah this thing this thing's wild value um that is cool. <laughs> you gotta have a mixing board for it but uh that was that was another thing yeah. and, and and off you off you go i'm looking at it up on amazon at the moment it's the <laughs> number one dj dynamic microphone on amazon yeah the thing is the thing is extraordinary maybe just order wow. one and try it out it's, it's so <laughs> yeah. cheap it's worth it isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah wow yeah. oh and the samsung mic i mentioned earlier is the samsung q2u 
USB microphone. Q2U. I mm. like how they give all these microphones really easy to remember <laughs> names. Right? Like the, the one I'm using, I can't even remember the name of. <laughs> just another thing I wanted to talk about. I know we're moving into 40 minutes, and uh, but I, I just appreciate all of the advice. And you know, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> funny story. We uh, actually started recording this episode with Mike previously, and I've had my gripes <laughs> with Skype in the past. And basically, Skype kept crashing on us. It'd just be like, oh, David's audio doesn't work. Oh, Mike's audio stopped working. My audio stopped working. I can't see any of you guys. And Mike was like, guys, it's time to get on Zencaster. So he very patiently waited about 15 minutes while we uh, signed up for a service called Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com. And, and then walked us through the setup. And then walked us through the setup. It was yes. quite nice. <laughs> walked us through it all, got us set up, and now we're recording through that, which is great. As YouTubers, getting into podcasting was quite, you know, it was a bit of a journey. I've got some backgrounds in it previously. You know, this is something you were really talking about in your, your, your talk was about this. It was about yeah. if you are a YouTuber, uh, which was the audience at VidCon get into podcasting uh, not for you I don't want you to kind of rehash your whole talk but kind of mm-hmm. why wh- why do you think that's why do you think now is the time for a move from YouTube into podcasting well uh, not necessarily a move from YouTube to podcasting uh, definitely you know keep uh, keep going uh, yeah, with your sorry, YouTube content like, uh, <laughs> to open up an additional stream <laughs> definitely so podcasting has been growing year on year consistently the infinite dial uh, obviously is the bigger marker for uh, what's hot in the online and offline audio space in the US mm-hmm. uh, and and they consistently every single year uh, awareness and listening to podcasts is going up and up and up and obviously US that's a, a wider reflection of what's happening in the world in, in the UK and Europe and so on and uh, uh, the uh, crux of my talk really was that I, I believe it's your duty as a, as a YouTuber uh, to address those who, who learn in audio uh, not just visual so yes I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos definitely when I'm on the treadmill in the morning I'll watch YouTube. Um, but then the rest of the day, I can have audio on when I'm not working and I'm w- doing a task, like I'm doing some washing up or I'm going for a, a jog or a walk. Um, and I learn primarily through the audio format. Others learn by watching or by by reading. Um, so it's your duty to do that, really. And especially if you have a talking head style YouTube show, uh, there's so much content out there that I consume that's only available on YouTube. And I wish, wish, wish they would make it available as a podcast. Uh, I did mention mm-hmm. in the talk that there are some third parties. Um, bits of software and plugins that kind of do that um, but wouldn't it be great if creators uh, would do that and convert their YouTube video either convert their YouTube videos if it's appropriate into audio podcasts or you know go ahead and grab themselves a mic and, and start recording uh, you know like you're doing with Today I Found Out you're creating this podcast as an additional uh, like you say stream or um, content uh, source uh, for your show and your online brand so I think it's it's a really smart move and the fact I, I if, if the very least you can do do is just convert your videos into audio if it's appropriate that's a good start but if you can do what you're doing simon and davin and actually create an additional uh, piece of content that's really going to help and obviously you can mention your youtube channel and you can you can push new listeners who are discovering you for the first time via the podcast to your youtube channel it just kind of helps all around i think absolutely i mean as i, I have four cha- youtube channels myself and just seeing you know how they can help each other and push each other up and you yeah. kind of get that crossover of audience is just super useful and we're taking your advice to, to heart we're uh, starting a podcast which we're calling erudition which is basically just a version of our youtube 
uh, show you know we cut out the bits that are unnecessary we've got to remove that background music yeah. which mm. I never thought about being a thing but when you listen to it on audio that constant going background music gets really annoying so <laughs> yeah. you have to go through all of the uh, premiere files and basically strip out all of the the underlying audio to uh, yeah. to get our podcast up and running but yeah we're, we're going to be doing the same thing because you know there are people who learn via audio it can cross over it's probably not going to cannibalize much of the audience so yeah it's just like much more of a win than a loss there for us we we feel yeah. and yeah so we're, we're 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 very much in that camp as well mike it's uh, i really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and helping us get set up with zencaster <laughs> that was uh, an interesting way to start but uh very productive for us and i hope uh hope it didn't take up too much of your time your channel is mike russell if you just pump uh pump, plug that into youtube you will find my yes. channel he's got hundreds and uh, hundreds of hours of, of, of free great content that i've followed for ages i cannot recommend highly enough and also musicradiocreative.com where um you know uh, articles and all sorts of resources for podcasters radio people video people air, ever you know it's it, just go check out music radio creative that's that's a much easier thing to do um yes. other than that mike is there anything that's coming up for you anything you'd like to mention that i have i have failed to mention or anything like that well thank you uh, I really appreciate the uh, the mention of Music Radio Creative and the YouTube channel so what I'm getting into uh, certainly more this year I'm doing a lot of speaking this year but I'm also looking to do a lot more coaching uh, this year so one on one group style classes um, so anyone who's interested in that definitely uh, reach out to me via the website at musicradiocreative.com that's what I'm looking to do more of this year with regards to podcasting or like audio production or it's kind of still being formed. Yeah, generally uh, making audio sound good. So um, I'm definitely looking to work with podcasters and anybody who would like to make good sounding audio. So that might be a voiceover artist uh, who simply wants to get their, their settings sounding as good as they possibly can. Uh, it might well be um, somebody who wants to learn audio production, who wants to learn how to actually put together jingles or intros and outros. So yeah, all that kind of stuff. And the best place is just to head over to Music Radio Creative and, and hit up a contact form. Uh, for people interested in that or exactly yeah everything you can find out everything about me musicradiocreative.com and yeah we have a contact form there and links out to social media to youtube Uh, it's all there awesome mike such a pleasure thank you so much for joining us simon davin thanks so much all right bye for now (laughs) 